I did not have sexual relations with that woman. What up, guys? No stone in the tent. We back, baby. After a barbecue, your farts don't smell the same like after you have. <laughs> that smells like sweet baby rays. Cynic, joined by the man himself. Chitty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. Deuce deuce. You know him, you love him. Mr. Miami himself. Some of you hate him, but he don't give a fuck. <laughs> what up, guys? No stone on turn. We back, baby. Yo, this season got a different vibe, Cynic. I don't know, man. It has a, I don't know, it has a different tinge to it. Uh, you know, a certain it's, excitement, yeah. you know, a certain buzz. I love it. I think it's the uh, drugs we're doing before we start. <laughs> books are drugs books are drugs no we got a little bit of a different vibe when we start already right we got a little music going on which it's good it's good i like it and we got the camera going so we can see each other that changes the whole the whole vibe as well we do one day we might let the audience see us we will Depends. it's coming soon man i promised i promised them and i promise you we're gonna deliver Just give me a few more episodes baby. so let me uh let me let me give these folks what they want a little Florida woman action. See what our lady friend in down in SoFly has been up to lately. This has become one of my favorite segments, I just want to say. <laughs> I think you're going to like this one as well. What do you got for us? A 40-year-old Florida woman was arrested last Sunday for reportedly attacking her father because he wouldn't stop farting. I guess she was trying to watch TV or sleep. Let me double check. I think she was trying to sleep. <laughs> and this dude uh, apparently just kept letting them rip. And I guess it got so toxic. Uh, she couldn't sleep. She couldn't probably breathe. And she started wailing on dude. Uh, gave him a cut, a bloody eye, and I don't know what else. Uh, she just started punching on him. And dude... Ended up in the hospital, <laughs> and she ended up in jail. <laughs> what the f yo? So it must have been like some, you know, the silent but deadly ones that when they come mm. out, you already know that it's trouble, and you warn people like, "Yo, clear the room if you care," because there's some people that are just assholes and will let you bask in, <laughs> in that in that poison. But it must have, he must have ate some chili or something, man. Or maybe he's just, I don't know, maybe maybe he's just regularly stinky. Um, yeah. But damn. There's some people who are just a bit... Because your shit should like fluctuate, you know? Like, you should have times where you <laughs> fart and it doesn't smell bad. 
Like, you know, sometimes I, I could fart and nobody know. You know what I'm saying? That's going to just go right under the radar. But then there's other, and that's those times you think it's one of those, like, oh, nobody's going to know, you know? And then, yeah, oh. I think that, I think it depends on your, like, what you've been eating. I don't know what my, I think it's, I think it should fluctuate. Cause I think everybody has stinky days, but you should have some normal days in there, is all I'm saying. If your shit's always deadly, go to the fucking doctor. <laughs> Something is wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, I think it depends on what you're eating. Like, I, I think it fluctuates, but maybe because of your, what you're eating. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. Like, there's times when, when, I, like, you, you'll notice yourself. Like, if you you know after a barbecue your farts don't smell the same like after you have <laughs> <laughs> that smells like sweet paper rays. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever this dude, I don't know if this dude was eating freaking uh, uh, roadkill or what, but his shit was deadly enough that she had to get up and start letting loose on him. So that is insane. Well, I hope the gentleman's okay. I hope that he learned his lesson. And uh, domestic violence is not okay, guys. So no matter <laughs> how how bad the smell. Let's try to communicate with our partners. That is insane, man. I just, I can't get over that. Wow. Domestic violence is never okay. No, it's not. Not even if it's due to a fart. Typically, it's more serious issues rather than passing gas. Well, what's, but what's weird is that it was her dad. Like, she's 40, so this dude, I guess he must have been in his 60s. Oh, I thought, I thought that was her husband. I mean, it's still domestic violence, so... No, 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 no. I don't say that because I changed the way I feel about that. I just thought it was hubby. Just the way I was oh, thinking right, the story right. in my head. No, it's still still totally wrong. If anything, it's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's pops. You know, yeah, she, yeah. Uh, I'm sure they have... I'm sure besides that, they have a very healthy relationship. So, um... Is it because you get gassier when you get older? You think that he probably hit a mark? I, and I know we got to move on, Cynic, and I'll let us do that. But you think he probably hit a Because you know you always hear you, you know, old people sometimes, yo, you can't, that core is not working the same. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't hold shit in. So then you got. <laughs> Literally sometimes. <laughs> so, so you got, oh, Poppy probably hit a mark where he's like, yo, I want to try to help you, but I can't. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I I think I think I don't know. I think it's probably generally just an unhealthy dude who's uh who's too old and lazy to go to the bathroom. So you know how it is when people get old; they don't care anymore. Oh man, that's hilarious! Hi right, man. So what we got, Cynic? I have a um, what are we calling this? A fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. This is definitely is- my favorite segment, though. I know I said the last one was, but fun fact <laughs> is definitely my favorite side. The thing with fun fact, I mean, I guess it's kind of like with Florida Woman. It's not always fun. Right? <laughs> this this is one true. is kind of screwed up, to be honest. But, I mean, it's 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 a fact. It's part of history. So, um, do you have you heard of Grover Cleveland? It rings a bell. That's Grover all I can Cleveland, say. yeah, Grover Cleveland was um, America's twenty-second president. I knew that, <laughs> and he's all—he's known for, <laughs> I guess, a few things. I don't know, at least a couple of things. One of them is 
He's the only president who was ever who ever served two terms, non-consecutive terms. So he was president, then he wasn't, then he was, then he was re- elected again. Mm-hmm. So, but something else that he should be known for, um, but isn't, is he's also he also raped a woman. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm- Come on, bro. It's fucking fun fact, Cynic. What are you doing, dude? He beheaded a woman. It's a fucking fun fact, man. Everybody thinks I'm... I'm looking around for something. You see me looking around, and then all of a sudden I stop and I look at you. I'm like, what? Everybody must think I'm laughing because if he rapes a woman. Yeah, that's... Not. It let's was clear that up. Expression. Yes, please. Let's clear that up. He's not laughing. Because of that, because that is not a laughing matter. He just saw how I reacted to what he said. Yeah, you you definitely were not expecting that one. That's why you made that face. So Donald Trump? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. So this dude, the thing is, like, it was, like, not something that came out later, you know. It was something that, like, came out as, like, the dude was running to be president. And his his campaign totally spun it. And I'll just read this real quick, and then, and then we can move on. But it's a good one. So Let's do it. December 15th, 18... 18- 73, 37-year-old woman named Maria Halpin uh, was a sales clerk. She went out to dinner together with this guy, uh, Grover Cleveland, and she claims that he raped her that night. So um, it wasn't, you know, consensual. She she raped him, and as a result of that rape, um, she ended up getting pregnant and had his child. Um, he and his campaign basically went on a smear campaign and tried to discredit her and called her basically a whore. Uh, said that she was kind of a, as they said in those days, a loose woman, yeah, who was sleeping around or whatever. Promiscuous girl. Yeah, and tried to just push it away and just say, now nah, this isn't true, whatever. Turns out it, he really did rape her. She really did have his illegitimate kid. And as much as he pretended that... Um, it wasn't his kid or that he that none of this actually happened. He ended up paying like some child support towards his kid. With all that being all that controversy being in the news, he still went on to to be elected president. <laughs> so you think that we have like I mean, if you don't like Trump, yeah, you might think we have some crazy psycho whatever trash person in the in the White House today. Just grab her by the pussy. Exactly, but apparently um, we have a long history of dirtbag presidents. Well, you know what they say, man. History repeats itself, and I think it's more shameful now. You know what? We're not going to go down that road. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to stay in a happy place. But let's talk about that fun fact for a second. That is so fucked up on so many levels, and I think a lot of it has to do with, back then, women's opinion, women's value Mm -hmm. was not valued you know they were believed to be less than like you're lucky to be here type shit you know yeah to a to a certain extent i'm sure certain people felt like they were disposable you know that again they just didn't matter so that's the only way that i can knowing the history of that right and and how i mean there's women are still fighting for equality you know they have come a long way you have women ceos now which is something that you didn't have 20 30 years ago so progression is there but that's a battle they're still fighting but knowing the history of that and then hearing that and Hearing that he was president, you know, raped this, raped this lady, got her pregnant, was paying child support, 
everybody knew about it, and we still reelected his ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, elected him and then later reelected him. I think that was before he ran when all that happened. So he he, he raped her first and then had two separate terms. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like part of his past. Cool. Yeah. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato is still <laughs> fucked up. You know what I mean? Everybody you know what else he it. did? So you they hold on. So did? they elected him twice after they knew that because I initially yeah. thought they only elected him. They doubled. They doubled up on that decision. All right. Nice. Yep. Wow. You know what else he did? This uh, fine gentleman. What would he do, bro? He had her um, committed to an insane insane asylum. Oh shit! This guy's a different type of special. They let her out when they realized she's not crazy. <laughs> but he tried to pre- he tried to make her disappear into an insane asylum. Yeah. So there you go. To me, I hear that and I'm like, I hope that we're so far removed from that. But then I know in my gut and my soul that we're not. You know, we may not mm-hmm. have the same thing happening, but there's different shades of that happening. And we're going to find out 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And it is disgusting. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, not a fun fact, Cynic. You hit it on the money. <laughs> but nonetheless, the fact, and I think it brought up some good points along the way. You know, some some good viewpoints that we can share with the people. So good stuff, man. Thanks for sharing, bro. Yeah, uh, no problem. My pleasure. I'm, I'm curious. I, I'd be curious to see what comes out in 10 years, like you said, with... Uh, from you know, from what's going on right now, uh, Jeffrey Epstein comes to mind. Think about Clinton as well, right? We the Clintons were beloved, you know, until until Hillary came out with the emails, they were you know, and and the whole Monica Lewinsky thing. All right, maybe they you know, here's the thing, right? They they always had dirt. We we knew they had dirt, but we loved them. Bill cheated on on the, on his wifey. We still kind of rocked with him, even though when he said I did not have sexual relations with that one, <laughs> even when he sat there and he pointed at the camera. And we, he came out, uh, you know, shortly after admitting it. We still, you know, we still rocked with him. We still said that he was one of our best presidents. We loved Hillary until we found out, you know, that, that there was more to Hillary than we, we knew. But then you find out that this fucking guy that, for the most part, we appreciated as a leader of the free world when he had his run at it, was doing some shady stuff, man. So time has a way of unveiling those things. Yeah. And for some reason, when we hear these stories, we think that those things aren't happening anymore because we're not currently hearing them, right? We're just hearing about mm-hmm. things that happened in the past. And then you think, where was I at that time? I always think about that as far as timelines go when I hear stories and I hear dates. I try to place myself where I was in my life at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know so, what you mean. I've done that before as well. Yeah, yeah. It kind of helps me understand it a little better in some weird way so should be interesting man should be interesting to see what we're going to find out in the next 10 years so what we're getting into today sir it's so uh strange to me especially with the day and age that we're living in cynic for us not to be more for us not to be farther along when it comes to understanding that there's one race and it's the human race right Mm -hmm. think about it for a second man what would it really take for everybody on this planet to come together and we will and not and not see any divisions or walls and when i ask myself that question that's a rhetorical question so i saved you there um unless you have an input on that not not really i Good. think i don't want to put no. you on the spot aliens i think you know what my answer would be aliens anyway. no yeah that's impossible it's never gonna happen <laughs> aliens though right exactly. if there's some other type of life form coming and threatening us then I think that'd be a situation where we'll be like, you know what? I know I don't like Indians, but you know these fucking aliens are coming to kill us, and we got to come together now to save the human race. And that's something very extreme, my man. 
You, <laughs> you just created a soundbite for someone. They're going to isolate you saying, I know I don't like Indians. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> hey, man, listen. Love, love, love. That's what I preach. Don't isolate that. But for real, you know that I, I think it would have to be it would have to be something like that extreme for us to to really kind of put our, our, our pettiness aside. So why you know what what are some different you know instances or examples of where somebody may think I'm better than you because? Yeah. We'll go through a couple of those and then try to dig into the psychology of it as well and, and see what we got, man. So I think usually when we're talking about situations like this, we're we're referring to usually it's it's somehow a, a minority group, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, even if you go, let's say, let's just stick on the example of India. <laughs> no, we're you not. Wanna... <laughs> we're gonna let that go so it doesn't become a thing. <laughs> Let's say anything else but India, please. All right. Let's say you go to uh, to China, okay, right? Thank you. And uh, the Chinese, you know, it's not like the Chinese will like all get along all the time. They also break themselves up into subgroups until you, you know, you have these minorities, and then the minorities are the ones that always get kind of shit on, right? So yeah. in the end, it's usually somehow interpreted that way, you know. Maybe on the bigger scale, you know, if you're talking about nations, you know, and you have like the United States, you know, they as a nation might see themselves as better than some other third world nation, you know. But in the end, it always seems to get broken down into us versus them. On the bigger scale, we might come off like we're, we're all might seem like we're all in it together, but. If you look deeper, there's always some other subgroup and some some winner and some loser in that in that uh, in that fight. It, it's kind of a like of a um, an example of shit rolling downhill. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, you have you you may have let's say I'll say Caucasian, right? Because it doesn't matter if you're European or North American. I'll say Caucasian person that may think he's better than a brown skinned individual. Right, but then mm-hmm. within that brown skin community, you have brown skin people that think they're better than other brown skin people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it, and it's just a, a weird testament to we always want to, you know, we always want to it, and not all of us because I I definitely don't live my life that way, but it just seems like history is showing that you know humans as a species, we always want to feel important, and if there's any way for us to put ourselves in a position where we feel better than then we're gonna do that yeah and that's really fucked up <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is and I, actually i'm i was just thinking when you said that and not to put you on the spot this is something that i think about myself as well mm-hmm. about about myself yeah um have you ever had moments where you actually do find yourself thinking that way you know even if you don't express it but where you find yourself um seeing uh another group uh of people whatever they are it doesn't have to be race-based it could be mm-hmm. religious it could be whatever mm-hmm. seeing another group of people and thinking less of them mm, no never 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 bro though it's just never been the way i've i've been wired i can i i know that i've evolved and i've grown and you know i think as an adult I think way differently than I did as as 
an adolescent, <laughs> but I never mm-hmm. think I was that. Uh, yeah, I just I was ne- that never that far off that I would look at somebody and think that even if I was, you know, I've like I've said several times, and you know this very well, man. I'm a traveler. I love traveling, and and I encourage everybody to do it because it it brings you so much gratitude when you're able to go someplace and just see a different way of life and understand that there's more outside of your bubble. You know, there's people that live and die in the same place. And I think that's, that's the scariest thing for me. But in my travels, I mean, I remember one trip I went to Nicaragua and this is a third world country, man. These people are extremely poor. And the sentiment that I felt it, it was, you know, and this is an example of maybe a situation where one might feel, well, I'm from America. I, Work mm-hmm. cologne. I have a Ralph Lauren polo shirt on, right? I have X amount of money in my bank account. Easy for for a situation like that for you to feel like you're better than somebody. But I just wanted to help them. You know, it's a uh, more compassion and empathy. You know that I feel in a situation like that because I just feel like I'm connected with people and I'm 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 connected with the universe. You know, so um, no, I I can't say that I ever did. I don't think that if somebody did feel like that at one point in time, but doesn't feel like that now, that's necessarily a bad thing because I think that that happens in most cases. You know, most cases you'll find that, damn, the person that I was when I was younger was either shitty or I'm night and day, you know what I mean? Like, growth is a beautiful thing. But to honestly answer that question, no. Now, let's, we we talked about the psychology of it, right? Yeah. Is that because I have brown skin? If I'm, uh, if I have my same life, right, and and all the opportunities that were given to me as as today, but I'm a white male. Do I feel different? I don't know. You know, maybe me being who I am and understanding, you know, how the world views us makes me more humble. I I, I don't know what it is, man, but I've always I've always felt and thought like that. Mm, I think that might be just more of a personal thing because like. Unless I'm misunderstanding that, if I if I continue that that um, that line of thinking, um, it sounds like a person of color, yeah, would not necessarily or could not necessarily feel racism towards another race because mm-hmm. having usually having historically been the the disadvantaged race, yeah that um you would assume that they understand and they 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 can empathize and so they wouldn't feel racism but i think there are racist black people or brown people right yeah you you know you have to ask yourself though is some of that hate coming because you hate me like like we talked about some of the disdain for the homosexual community with the church stems from well in the in the good book, it says, if I don't fall in love with a woman and have a child, I'm going to hell and I'm a demon. So it's mm-hmm. very easy for now homosexuals to be like, well, you know what, church? Fuck you. You know, because you don't like me, then I don't like you. Does it change that the racism sometimes is, is inverse, right? Or it doesn't have a direction. It comes from everywhere, but it, it typically right. comes from one main direction. I think everybody knows what I'm saying. Right, but it does flow back. <laughs> we we know what the fuck I'm talking about here, but it does flow back, and I'm not saying that that justifies it, right? Because you don't like me, then I don't like you, so it makes my racism a little nicer, a little neater. Fuck that, mm-hmm, it's wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you have to think, you know, is is somebody in that situation kind of just retaliating with that emotion versus really 
feeling that way. Because I don't think racism is, is taught, man. I don't think any of us are born. We've spoken about that on the podcast before. You know, none of us are born with hate in our heart. I mean, you always have your exceptions, your Jeffrey Dahmer's, mm -hmm. you know. But nobody is born with that. You have to be taught that. Those are conversations that are that are being had in the home behind closed doors, which is what's really happening with this whole, you know, Trump movement, that there was a lot of conversations that were being had inside homes privately about niggers and gay people and you know what I mean? But then when they would go outside, it was a totally different vibe. And you never thought that Jim, your next door neighbor, felt that way about naggers but now they got a voice with trump in office so you see all these fucking zombies coming out from the swamp you know what i mean and now everybody you're like yo i always knew america was racist i mean racism is, is part of our story as as unfortunate as, as it may be you know it's, it's part it's it's part of america's story so i always knew that shit here was but damn mm -hmm. like i didn't know there was this much ignorance out there you know what i mean yeah 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 uh I know what you mean. I um, I'm curious. I'm I'm interested in in the because often like these conversations go in the direction of race, right? But if we stick to the minority groups uh, sort of heading, let's say, I'm curious about the 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 gay aspect, the homosexual aspect, and how they're uh, treated, how they're viewed. Um, I think it's been I mean, not to sound corny, but it's definitely come a long way uh, for for homosexuals in society. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, all you need to do is watch Netflix, and uh, every 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 episode, every show I've seen in the last year has had some boy on boy action or girl on girl <laughs> action, which is like nothing that I would have seen on TV before uh, growing up. And it's, it's just a, a, a like for me, uh, um, what do you call it? A sign, yeah, that um, it's just, it's open and accepted, or at least accepted more, let's say, than because mm -hmm. you're, you're always going to have people who are, who are homophobes, right? But um, I don't know about you, but like for me, it's, it's, it's pretty clear that um, in popular culture, it's, it's not only more visible in a lot of ways. I think it's also seen as kind of, kind of cool in some ways. One of the the things that really got me thinking differently and really took me from being a quote unquote religious person to more of a spiritual person is when I was in church when I was younger, and I came across you know the whole well if you know if you're not with a woman and this is again I'm heterosexual male right so. I have no dog in the fight here, mm -hmm. but um, I come across if you're not with a woman, blah, 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 you're going to hell. That was one of the first things that kind of rattled me, rattled my cage. And it was like, ah, oh, that, that don't feel right, man. I understand what love is and I understand what my higher power is. And I understand that my higher power is unconditional love. So there's no way that I can piece together, you know, what you're telling me. And that that's the one of the first things that created conflict and, and made me bold enough. Because remember, when you're in that... I don't want to say cult, but when you're in that, there is no free thinking, you know, there is no, there's, you know, you follow the scripture, you don't question, you put your head down, you do what you, you know, you do what you're told. But that was one of the first things that, that made me kind of break out of that. 
And then I got conviction from my higher power and he told me I made you this way. You know, so what you're questioning is what you should be questioning. And that, and then now I'm a believer in, I've said it before, relationship, not religion. But going back to the whole homosexual thing, I think some of us are brought up in, in you know, these religious homes. We're taught a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, we bring that that way of thinking, that segregation, in a sense, you know, to society. And uh, it, it, really, it really must suck, man. I know that there's still a lot of, you know, gay people out there that don't feel comfortable coming out or don't feel comfortable coming out to their parents or don't feel comfortable coming out to their peers. Yeah. And it's it's all because we think there there's a, a part of us, again, we go back to that, you know, I'm better than you because I like women if I'm a man. And I'm better than you because I like men if I'm a woman. And it fucking sucks, man. It sucks that we have that that way of thinking and it's still something today, even though that it has gotten better, it's still something today that is an ongoing battle. I think about this, how the the psychology aspect, the psychological aspect of it. And I wonder if it isn't all just regardless whether we're talking about race or gender or um, ethnicity, whatever. Uh, I wonder if it doesn't all go back to insecurity because when i think about it i'm like so let me see if i break it down so if i'm a member of some group some society whatever you know i'm yeah you know you have to choose choose which box you want to put yourself in yeah if i'm uh whatever a heterosexual heterosexual male yeah then what exactly is my beef with a homosexual male if I see a homo, two homosexual men, or even two hom, two homosexual women, gay women, um, what would be like? Why would that be problematic for me? And if I think about that, and I and I'm thinking about it generally, not me personally. I'm just trying to understand, in in a case where someone has some some problem, some prejudice or whatever against a group of people, I think. I think it could be insecurity because when you are the majority, whether it's racial or whatever the case may be, it come it somehow like validates you, it validates your your position, your status, your skin color, your whatever, whatever it is that you're the the majority is. If you're a part of that majority, it sort of validates it for you. And when you see someone different than you again, regardless of what the situation is, then it makes you question if you really, are you really as validated as you thought? You know, Are, are is, you really are, as important is, as you thought? As important as you thought, yeah. And as soon as that feeling comes up, I think that triggers, you know, the insecurity triggers like fear and then fit triggers anger and then, um, and then there's this response, right? Mm. And... I think that could be part of it. I don't think it's all of it because there's also this phenomenon, this weird phenomenon of people who who are like rabidly against, again, again let's just use the, the gay example, against mm-hmm. uh, gay people. And it turns out they have like latent homosexual te- tendencies, you know, themselves. Oh, you, you, how much stories do you hear about Cynic where you have a gay man that has three kids? Yeah. To me, that's bugged out, you know, because in order for you to 
have a kid, you have to be turned on, right? I mean, for men, I mean, there's no way that... So they fought that feeling so much that they were able to trick themselves to thinking that they wanted to be with a woman. They were able to do the act and finish the act. <laughs> and we, we all can connect the dots there, you know what I mean? Do the act, finish the act, have kids, have this life, and then eventually one day say, I'm not being true to myself and, you know, I'm going to go and do something else. And some of those people are the same people that have those, you know, feelings like, oh, fuck gays and this and that and faggots. And, and then they turn out to be, you know, part of that community because, right. no. you know, they want to maybe take the heat off of them. Right. So, oh, he would never be gay because look how he, look how he talks about them. Right. So they start spewing that poison to, so they mm -hmm. can stay undercover in a sense. And then eventually mm -hmm. they come out because the truth always comes to light, right? Mostly. And then they got egg on their face, man. Yeah, I guess you can't never tie it down to one specific thing. Or maybe that, that is all connected, that insecurity. Maybe that's, that's also part of it. I, I'm not, I don't know, obviously not being a psychologist. But if you're just thinking about those things and trying to understand um, people's reactions, trying to understand my own reaction because... I mean, I can't think of an example now, but I don't think I could honestly tell you that I never had any thought that in retrospect, I thought, yeah, that actually was inappropriate or unfair, you know, or whatever, because a lot of times, like, I don't know, I, mean, I can only speak for myself, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's difficult to really live every moment consciously, Yeah, you know? And so when you're not living consciously, then you're kind of living automatically. You're just kind of reacting to things. Mm -hmm. And and when you when you react, you're just reacting based on your programming, you know. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you may have heard, learned, you know, even as a kid, like I know when I was a kid, yeah, I knew kids or, or had friends who would use pejoratives like fag and things like that. I'm sure I used it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't use it because I really th even thought... I didn't like I really believed it. It was just like, you know, what your friends were saying and what you thought. And again, you wanted to be in that group, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you who's mm -hmm. going to be as a 10 year old or whatever, be like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Why are you calling him a fact? Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So and I think those things, those things have an impression. They leave an impression on you. And when you're not actually conscious about what you're thinking, what you're doing, what you're saying, and you're just reacting yeah, on, on autopilot, mm -hmm. some of those things I think come up, they bubble back up. I think that's a good point, man. And it really brings the question, because we all have that like moment of, we all should have that moment of clarity where things shift for us, right? Mm. And we stop going from, I'm going to be this person that I think other people want me to be, or that what other people may, per may perceive as cool, and I'm going to really start tapping into who I am. And how I want to think. And I think eventually you came into a point. I remember when we were younger, we would say Meishi a lot. That boy Meishi. Remember that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think fag for me was kind of like nigger. You know, so if I said fag, it was to a straight person. It was like, yo, you're a fag. You know, but then getting older, right? That goes back to pro programming. You understand why that's not cool. Because now you're saying that even though homosexuals shouldn't be considered faggots, but you know what demographic you're pointing out when you say that, and you're trying to say that person is less than in some way. You know, so even if I tell a straight person, you're, you're a fag, 
I'm trying to mm-hmm. put that person down. You know, that's not that's not cool. So for sure, I was guilty of that. But I think that we we all have that kind of moment of clarity where we're like, you know what? Let's stop being molded by what society thinks is cool. And let's really start tapping into how I think or what I want to be. Because I don't think it's always a question of, um, oh, like I I know who I am. Right? Sometimes it's like I can see the path that I want to go. Right? Maybe I'm not that person today. But I want to start thinking like this, right? Or I, I want to, uh, I want to start living my life this way, and then you mm. have that vision, and you you kind of start working towards that, and it transitions from you saying faggot and thinking it's cool to to today, where you're like, no, nah, I wouldn't do that, you know, because that that's not cool. But I I think, man, you brought up that a lot of it could be insecurity, right? Um, and I agree with that. I think a lot of it as well. That shit is passed down, man. You know, like that hate is passed down, mm-hmm. you know, and and there's always been this such a strong connection with kind of the father and sons of this nation, right? And the way that a lot of those people thought even 40 years ago, you know, we, we can all attest that it was, it was really fucked up, you know? So I just think because back in the day we weren't as progressive, a homosexual couple now can be holding hands and it's nothing. I mean, in most places, mm-hmm. not not in all places, but... It's nothing where back then it, you couldn't have that, right? It was it was taboo, right? So that kind of ignorance is passed down. And sometimes it's subconsciously, man. You know, sometimes, and maybe I'm trying to cut them too much slack, you know, but they're not really thinking for themselves. They're thinking of a way that was taught to them, and even if it includes ignorance, even if it includes hurting somebody. Because when we what we talked about earlier in the episode was, you know, humans always have this way of wanting to make themselves feel better than. Yeah. So you combine that that weird thing that happens in our brain, for some of us, not all of us. You, you take that weird thing that happens in our brain where genetically, for some reason, you always want to feel like you're better than somebody. And then you mix that with the shit that you've been taught, you know, as, as a youngin. Mm. And sometimes that's a recipe for some fucked up shit, man. Not to bring a racism again, but I think it's the same thing with racism, right? Where that's kind of that's that's kind of brought down to us. So um, I think with the with the way that um, the world is going now, with the whole Generation X, and it's a it's a generation that is very open. They're they're not a generation that's going to sit down and kind of let let shit just happen, and a lot more accepting as well. I think with with this new generation, if we look ahead to forty years. The way we're living now would just be something in the history books. I think it'll be a lot, a lot more different than what it is now. Yeah. You know, kind of like when you hear, you know, slaves being <laughs> chained and forced to work and being kept in horrible conditions and being treated like shit. For somebody in their life, you know what I mean? Somebody that lived in that time, that was a week ago. Uh, for us, it's something that is so far removed, you know? So I think when you fast forward, that progression will be there. But they're going to look back and they're going to be like, man, that was really fucked up. <laughs> that was really fucked up that, you know, homosexuals had to kind of like work that hard to be respected. I don't know if 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 it'll ultimately always be something that's, you know, kumbaya. I think you're always going to have people that are going to be like, no, I don't. I don't. And I get it. Mm. But my thing is just don't. Bro, love is love, man. Like, I know that there's homosexual friends. You know, I have. Not that I count them like white people count black friends, right? But <laughs> I have I have a good amount. But I of have three of them. I have three of them. <laughs> uh, I have a good amount of ho- homosexual friends, and then I even have homosexual couples, right? 
And the love that I see, bro, that's all I that's all I see, man, is the love. Something that, that was very clear to me, Cynic, when I was young, man, it was like, I don't care if you dress a certain way. I don't care if you have the newest shoes. I don't care if you're popular or not popular. I want to judge you on your heart, right? And that was why, for me, as a jock, somebody who grew up playing basketball and loving sports, I was able to find this infatuation with music because... It was very easy for me at that point in time. Actually, it's I love how this connects. At that point in time, being in band when I was in school was you you were gay because all the gay kids went to band, right? So mm-hmm. if as somebody as a teenage boy, if if I was somebody at that time that was going to be influenced by my surroundings, I would have never joined band mm-hmm. because I wouldn't want to be stigmatized as. You know, as a homosexual, not that there's anything wrong with that. But if you're not, I mean, you know, like if I'm not, I'm not. So that deterred a lot of kids. I know a lot of my friends that that had an interest in music, but wouldn't do it because of that. Hmm. But for me, man, I was like, crazy. I was like, dude, you know what? Let me give it a try. And I remember you always bring instruments home. You had a fucking, which I don't now that I'm an educator myself. What the fuck were they doing? You had a fucking different instrument every week, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the fuck was teaching you, but uh, that was the wrong thing to do. Uh, but I remember you bringing instruments home and shit. Um, so I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna give music a try. And obviously, I, I, I love the whole music thing. And then I found that there was genuine people there. There were, there were, yeah, they might have, they may have not been perceived as cool because band nerds, right? That's another another stigma that I fought. Right? If, if mm. I would have cared about what people thought, why would I want to be a band nerd? But if I, if I would have cared about what other people were, were thinking at that point in time, I would have very easily not allowed myself to experience that. And my life would be completely different today. So if there is anything that I can pass on to the listeners, man, is just judge a person's heart, you know, judge their intentions it's not what's on the outside. It's not the car that they drive. It's not about the amount of money they have. The reason I got into education, yes, I'm a competitive person, and it did it did feed that, that part of me. But what the bigger motivator for me was having the opportunity to build better people, right, to mold young minds, to put them on the right track, to have them understand that being a better person is more important than anything else. You know, because I think if we're if we have better people, better quality people in the world, then a lot of our problems, a lot of our ignorance, a lot of those things that we're suffering with today, we don't we don't have that much of an issue. I always told them as well, I don't want the best player. I just want somebody who wants to learn and I want somebody who's a good person. And if you're not a good person, I want you to be willing to change. Right? Because you don't always have a, a situation where you have a perfect story. Sometimes these kids come out of bad situations that we talked about how your community can affect your hardwiring and decisions that you start making because of what you're surrounded by, right? Mm. So sometimes you may get a kid that isn't thinking right, but has a wherewithal where he's like, you know what? But I want to change. And this light that you're, you're this light that you're giving me right now that you that you're feeding into me, something is calling that. And I may not be that today, but I wanna I wanna be better. Then fuck it, let's go. We 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 can work with you. Right, but if you're the killer musician, but you're you hate people, you know what I mean. You're 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 not a team player. You're very self-absorbed. Get out of here. I don't I don't care. I don't I don't want anything to do with you. So if I were if I was to to you know just if I were to give anything of myself in this episode, and if I were to pass on anything, it's let's just let's just judge each other on our hearts. And if people aren't in the right place, let's try to help them get there. We can't help everybody. Sometimes you got to let that that plane 
take its own its own path and hope that it doesn't crash and burn. But if along your way you can help somebody, man, help them. If we're not if we're not if we're not judging people's hearts and we're looking at, you know, the color of their skin or sexual orientation, you know, thinking that we're better, I just think it's going to take us longer to get to that to that place where this is something that's just in the history books, you know. You know, that's something that I find interesting. I tried like I'm thinking about the the lens uh, that people here in Germany see each other through. Um, Germany is an interesting case because unlike uh, the U.S., it hasn't had uh, a history of uh, really mixing groups of people. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty much a homogeneous uh, group for, you know, forever. You know, there have been moments in history, yes, when... Blonde hair, blue eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for the most part, yeah. I mean, there, there have been moments where, yeah, they had uh, foreigners come in. Um, I'm, talking, I'm thinking particularly of, of the Turkish people who came in. Um, oh, the time frame uh, escapes me now. I'm not sure if it was uh, before or after the, the Second World War, but... Back back in, in in those days, yeah, when mm-hmm. when they when they brought a lot of them in actually as foreign workers to help, uh, I guess rebuild and I guess that would make it post war like World War Two, and a lot of them, uh, the expectation was that they would come do the work, you know, they'd get paid and then they'd go home, and um, a lot of them didn't go home. A lot of them did stay, you know, particularly. Uh, here in Berlin, where I'm, is a very big Turkish population, and a lot of them, a lot of the young ones, their 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 grandparents, you know, maybe great grandparents or whatever, were people that came originally during that time frame. But that's kind of a an, let's call it a, like an isolated sort of incident or situation, because for the most part, um, Germans have been, you know, white skin, fair skin, mm-hmm. blonde hair, blue eyes. You know, and you're the um, 2.0 version, baby. Yeah. Now, actually, when you say that, it's funny because the the this like you could see it as this 2.0 version is is a very different um, yeah. group of Germans. Like they're born here, but you know how when we were growing up, at some point when we saw the first or heard the first um, black person speaking with a British accent, <laughs> we were like, oh shit. <laughs> Hey man, I know some people that do a great British accent. It threw it threw it threw you off because you didn't you uh, growing up where we grew up we we didn't know that uh, there were black people in 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 the UK like we, you never the black people you saw growing up were your neighbors your friends or whatever and and then when you saw the first black person you heard them speaking with a British accent it was like oh shit and um, it's the same here. Like you can see someone who, who you might think uh, there you might assume, yeah. Let's say they like were, somebody who's, who looks Asian but is speaking German, for example. Yeah, Asian, from yeah. um, um, uh, from Ghana, for, you know, from some African country. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see people like that, and uh, you would not automatically assume that they're German. But not only were they actually born here. They speak perfectly, perfect German, perfect, like obviously, obviously, because they're born here, right? Yeah. Uh, what's what's crazy about that is that, like, me as a foreigner, 
like I see them and I'm also like not sure. Then once I know they're German, then it's fine, it, you know, but Germans themselves see them and they're, I guess, also unsure. Right. And then somehow also surprised, you know, <laughs> when they realize that this person is actually German, because for them, you know, so yeah. you might have someone whose parents were, maybe, let's say, mixed. Yeah, maybe one parent was German, one parent was from, I don't know, Ghana, let's say, for example. And that person grows up and they have features that where they seem more like they're just from, you know, African heritage. You know, and someone, a, a German, and I'm generalizing, I'm not saying every German is like this, you know, but let's take some older German, you know, would speak to them and they might ask them, so where are you from? You know, they, they're speaking in German, you know, but they might ask, so where are you from? Or... So where are your parents from? It's an automatic kind of like, mm -hmm. you're not from here, so where are you from? You know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Isn't it rude to ask that? Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's part of the, yeah, exactly. And, and that's why some, some, some of those people who are in those situations who experience those, Get offended. those things, they're like, you know, what the fuck? I'm German, you know? And mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's really, it's really a bit surreal actually to, to see that or to hear about those interactions and and be in a country where this is all new for them basically coming from a country where despite the fact that we know that there's a lot of racism in the US um it isn't new it isn't unexpected or or weird or whatever to see um to, to walk in a place and see black people, Hispanic people, mm -hmm. Asian people, because everyone's used to the mix. Yeah. Whereas here, it's still very much like, you know, you you feel that you stick <laughs> out. And often in, in certain situations, you might be made, you know, um, you might be actively made to feel like you're sticking out. Right. Mm. So it's. Um, yeah, it's interesting to, to, to see how. <laughs> quote minorities um navigate you know life here in germany being that they're they're germans themselves it must be so odd it's so crazy uh, you, you know you saying that makes me think about how the latinos here in the u.s it's very similar you know you'll look at somebody and let's say for example you'll be like this person is hispanic this person is from Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. Venezuela, Colombia, Mexico, whatever it may be. And then they open their mouth and they speak perfect English. And it's because mm -hmm. same same kind of situation, right? Yeah, their their genetics is, is from their you know, from comes from their parents, but they were born here in the States, so you know, they speak English just like like somebody who was born in Germany would speak German, right? Perfectly. Mm -hmm. They're and, and they and they claim to be Americans because they are. But you saying that is makes me think because for me, that's, it's normal, right? I don't, you know, if I see somebody Hispanic, I'm not going to necessarily think that they're, that they don't speak English. You know, if anything that I'm, I'm going to assume that they do, but yeah. I can understand for certain people in the country, how they, because I live in South Florida, you know, we talked about being in a bubble. South Florida is in the United States, you know? So mm -hmm. if you go to Oklahoma and you have a Hispanic woman stop at a gas station um, and ask for directions, you know, that, that gas clerk is going to look at her funny and he's yeah, not going to know true. what language she's speaking you know what i mean for me it's different because i you know it's a melting pot miami you know it, it's normal but i can only imagine for some of those people it, where for me i think this person speaks english i would at least assume that they would just look at her and be like where are you from just how germans right 
yeah, uh, racism, um, uh, homophobia, whatever, all these things, they, I guess, mostly, yeah, existed and still do. It's just dressed differently, right? It's now it looks the, now it fits the culture, the culture of the time, but you always had haves and have not have nots. And I guess you, we always will, <laughs> to be honest. You've you've heard the term that you you know you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen, right? And I get that you need one chief, you need you need somebody. But even the way that it's structured, like in your job, you know, where you have you're the employee, then you have a manager, or then you have a supervisor, right. then you have a manager, right. then you have a district manager, uh, president of the United States, vice president. You know, it goes. We always we always have these these kind of yeah hierarchies. Per, yeah, these pyramid schemes. Like, what if we would just have rethought that? Had more of a collective hmm. kind of way of, of thinking, you know, how how different the world could be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this system we have now is shit. That's for sure. I don't know that a system that was that would be more open, where everyone gets, you know, it's sort of like all a collective. I mean, I guess the argument that people who are people of privilege had always have always had is that the masses can't be can't be trusted you know they're Mm. uneducated they're they're brutes they're whatever and so you can't allow them to be dictating how we're going to do things how we're going to move you know where our society is going to go and of course painting all those people with that brush is wrong but at the same time Unless you, I don't know, man, you would have to have like a society that you have to start from zero. You have to um, raise kids already from from that point to think a certain way. So like education would have to be, you know, done in a different way because you couldn't do it now. Because the truth is, we do have a lot of fucking idiots (laughs) and not because they're not capable, but because they haven't had the same opportunities or, you know, been exposed to the same kind of things that would allow them to maybe have a coherent Mm -hmm. thought to think things through a certain way and not just react. Right. I wouldn't trust the mob to make a decision on how not, not now, not in these times to make a decision on how a country should, should move forward. I for sure. You can't. I, I, for me, man, I think a lot of that, a lot of those people, though, that you're saying, which are those variables, I think, again, uh, some of that comes from their environment. I think that if you, if you change their environment and you change the way, you know, that day to day happens, you have less of those people that are kind of splinters. Yeah, sure. Right. That stick out and that those people that you really can't trust. But it, it, you're absolutely right. Like, it's going to (laughs) take. a century of thinking that way to get to a place where it's manageable. It's not going to happen overnight and you don't have a century to spare. So we're all fucked. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to die this way. I'll bring you over to the dark side yet. (laughs) All right, Senek, let's do it, man. I'm going to hit him with the quote for the episode, baby. Drum roll, please. Let me see if I can give you one. <laughs> Alright man, the quote for this for this episode, season two, episode two, deuce deuce on them boys, Emmett Smith. Let's go. I hate mankind, for I think myself one of the best of them, and I know how bad I am. Oh, 
That was unexpected, but I liked it. And I know you would like it because you're you're cynic. I try <laughs> to please everybody, man. I try to please my guy. Obviously, you be my guy. I try to please the people. Um, so I thought I thought that was fitting because we we touched on a little bit of discrimination and the different faces of the of discrimination. And um, although you would hope love wins, man, people are shitty. <laughs> You know, I think that's why we love pets so much because there's this unconditional loyalty and love, you know, that that your pet gives you. Yeah. And when people say I love my pets more than I do people, like I'm borderline one of those people. On certain days, when my social battery is low, and I need to recharge my social battery <laughs> so I can, you know, function in the real world. Yeah, it's when when you really you kind of appreciate, you know, your your animals. But it all ties into you know just I think we all have that. We all have that shitty person inside of us. I think some of us work harder to suppress it than others. Some of us allow it to take over, you know, and be that ignorant poison that that uh, that spews out of our mouth at times. Mm-hmm. And others just choose <laughs> to live a different way. But that's the quote of the day, man. And um, I thought that was interesting. It's uh, actually brought to you by Samuel Johnson. If anybody wants to look that up, hopefully it invokes some thought. Yeah, I like that. Thank you for sharing that. I, I I was I just heard what you said and about suppressing that uh, shitty part inside of of each of us. Do I you think find yourself uh, suppressing the shitty person in you? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I think it's a topic that uh, we can maybe do for another day. But it's <laughs> I I don't think my my point of view is that the problem is the suppression. I think. That's the way I look at it, and it's not to say that we should, we should just live it. Um, but I think by suppressing it, um, and I think we talked about this in season one, one of the episodes, maybe briefly. I think by suppressing it, all of the neurotic tendencies come out because it's it's going to come out one way or another. So I, I I think it's it should not be so much about suppressing it, but acknowledging it. In either case, it's there in everyone. <laughs> so it's there, man. It's there. Some shittier than others, for sure. You know, some no. shittier than others. A lot shittier. But we all come from dust and we shall return to dust. Yes, sir. That's all I got, Cynic. Nice one. Then let's call this a rapperoonie. Rapperoonie. Yeah, so we'll pick this up again next week. We'll see, uh, surprise the audience with uh, next week's topic. Maybe we'll give them a little teaser on social media. We'll see. Maybe, maybe. You have to tune in and see, motherfuckers. Hit the like button. <laughs> but thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate all of you. And uh, we'll definitely be here again next week. Same time, same place, same channel. Yes, sir. Take care of yourselves and each other. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for hanging tight with us. No Stone Unturred Season 2. We out. Choose peace. If you, you know, after a barbecue, your farts don't smell the same like after you. <laughs> <laughs> that smells like sweet baby rays. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>